When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are rolling through the Wednesday edition of the program. Joined now by Heather McDonald. She is a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, a contributing editor at City Journal, and the author of the best-selling book, War on Cops. Heather, thanks for joining us. I got to say, your data and your analysis of that data, which I have read a lot distributed through the Wall Street Journal editorial page, has been so fabulously well done. Thank you for the work that you have that you have produced, and also for the impact you have uh, you have had in terms of helping to fight back against the onslaught of defund the police. Why do you think there is such antipathy towards police? How do we end it, and will we ever end it? Well, thank you so much. Uh, we end it by being realistic about crime in this country. The Americans are turning their eyes away from the civilizational breakdown in the inner city that is leading to these utterly barbaric, insane drive-by shootings that are taking every single day, literally dozens of black lives. The country doesn't want to confront that, and instead we're blaming the messenger. We're blaming the cops. Uh, They cannot fight crime without having a disparate impact uh, racially. Everything that's happening today in the criminal justice system, Clay and Buck, can be explained by two words, disparate impact. We are unwinding criminal law enforcement. We're unwinding incarceration because you cannot enforce the law without having a disparate impact on black criminals. Why are we doing that? Why do we want to enforce the law? To save black lives. There's no government agency more dedicated to the proposition that black lives matter than the police. And what we've seen in the, in the time since the George Floyd race riots, the police have backed off. The result was utterly predictable. 
uh, the largest one-year increase in homicide in this nation's history, 30 percent. We have to stop demonizing. Joe Biden has to stop putting out this lie that the biggest thing that black parents have to fear uh, when their children walk out the door is the police. That is utterly fantastical, uh, and it continues to scapegoat a profession that is really, in, in these inner-city neighborhoods, the only thing standing beside the thousands of good law-abiding residents that live there and utter anarchy. We're speaking to Heather McDonald, author of The War on Cops, an excellent book I recommend to all of you. I have my copy at home. Heather, it's Buck. I, I want to know what you can tell us about whether we are seeing a bit of a a final turning of the tide, p- enough pushback against, you, you mentioned disparate impact and the way this affects law enforcement, the amount of theft that is going on, really systematic shoplifting and and just looting, actually. I mean, I think when you when you have a bag and you are just taking all the most high-priced items you can get your hand on, throwing it in the bag in broad daylight and walking, not even necessarily running out of a store, it's clear to people seeing that, Heather, something's going on. Is there finally pushback for the district attorneys? Because that's not even necessarily a police level. That's a legislative and district attorney issue in places like California and New York. Are we seeing that backlash? Not enough, frankly. I mean, we had some of the most left-wing prosecutors in the country uh, re-elected in the last election cycle. Uh, and, and you're right, Buck. It is, we have given up on bourgeois or norms of respect for property. Why again? Because they have disparate impact. The, we are living this experiment in progressive ideology, which is that you can, you can unwind law enforcement and you're gonna have peace and love. Instead, what you get is barbarism, anarchy, unbridled theft, unbridled attacks. You know, it's tragic in San Francisco when you have Walgreens shutting dozens of stores simply because it does not want to have to accost and arrest shoplifters again because of disparate impact. The result is is that senior citizens who depend on those pharmacies for their drugs are out of luck. The, the law-abiding people are being sacrificed in order not to have a conversation about what's going on in the inner city. The, the thing to watch for everybody is what happens in Minneapolis. Minneapolis was the start of this latest wave of anti-cop hatred. After George Floyd, they've lost about a third of their police department. You've had, when, when Al Sharpton was there uh, celebrating the one-year anniversary of the George Floyd death, at that time you'd had two girls a, a nine-year-old and a six-year-old in the, in the last couple of days right before that, having been shot in the head by these insane drive-by shootings who died, and a 10-year-old boy who was shot in the head in his parents' car, who was on life support for, and brain-dead for the rest of his life. Uh, not a word from Al Sharpton and Benjamin Crump, but, but Minneapolis has a vote coming up on its uh, progressive attempt to unwind the police department and replace it with social workers. I don't think that that initiative is going to pass. That will be a good sign. But I frankly do not see enough pushback. The progressives are still pushing the phony narrative that we are living under systemic racism, which is not the case. We are living under bad behavior that has consequences. We don't have an incarceration problem in this country. We don't have mass incarceration. We have a crime problem. We're talking to Heather McDonald. Heather, you had a stat that blew my mind. 
and I want to ask you to share it with our audience because I think a lot of people might not have heard it. We hear all the time, oh, my God, the police, they're so racist. Like you said, there's there's the narrative that is being shared uh, that black people are in danger of being murdered by police at a regular level, even though 75 percent of people shot by police are white, Asian or Hispanic. Uh, and even though over 50 percent of all murders are committed by black people in this country, it's like you can't say that without people saying, oh, my God, it's so racist of you. How is it racist to share a fact? You shared a data point in one of your articles that blew my mind. It was the chances of a police officer being shot by a uh, by a black person as opposed to a black person being shot by a police officer, I think. Am I correct in that? Yeah. Something like 28,000. Which, which was more likely? In other words, who was under more danger? Yeah, exactly. Let's just look. Let's, let, let's start with the, the, the basic numbers. I would love for your listeners to guess how many unarmed blacks have been killed this year by the police. My guess is they will say hundreds, if not thousands. The number is four. Four unarmed blacks out of a population of 47 million. Uh, and unarmed is defined very liberally. This is the Washington Post co- count. Yes. To include people who are grabbing an officer's gun, uh, beating them with it. Now, you compare that to the number of police officers who have been fatally, hit, criminally assaulted and killed this year. It's about 55. When you compare the population ratios and calculate how many blacks are likely to have killed those cops because blacks historically make up about 40% of all cop killers, black males, even though they're 6% of the population. A police officer is 375 times as likely to be killed by a black as an unarmed black male is to be killed by a police officer. So the threat level is exactly the reverse of what we've been led to expect, and yet police officers continue to go into high-crime neighborhoods trying to save lives, putting their own lives at risk, uh, and when they back out, the result is last year we're probably going to see about 10,000 blacks who were killed. That's more than all white and Hispanics combined. That Those are the bodies that the mainstream media does not want to talk about because if you talk about black crime victims, you have to talk about black criminals, and nobody wants to do that. We're speaking to Heather McDonald, author of The War on Cops. Heather, the defund the police narrative has certainly run into some political problems now because cities like Austin, Texas, like Minneapolis, New York, that have either defunded or said they were in the process of defunding police have had major increases in homicides and shootings. I know you've been detailing and putting out a lot of those stats. Is defund the police now politically toxic as a slogan, or is this just going to go through a cycle? I mean, I like to remind everybody, BLM in June of 2020 was really BLM 2.0, and it started under the Obama administration. It certainly did. We had the Ferguson effect in 2015-2016 after the Michael Brown shooting. Another 2,000 blacks killed over two years compared to 2014. Last year we had another 2,001 year. Uh, I think it's becoming toxic. But you know what? What I'm looking for, Buck and Clay, is change in the Biden administration. You know, I do not see any backing off of Merrick Garland both pretending that 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 conservatives are domestic terrorists. I don't see any backing off of them 
saying we're going to put as many police departments under enormously costly, enormously burdensome, enormously unnecessary consent decrees. Biden could do a heck of a lot if he said, I was wrong. I've seen now what happens when you demonize the cops. Minneapolis, again, ground zero of the anti-police movement. Uh, police uh, car stops dropped 85% after the race riots. Pedestrian stops dropped 75%. Cops are, are making a very valid, understandable calculation. There's a whole lot of discretionary activity like getting out of your car, initiating activity. If you see somebody on a known drug corner at 2 a.m. hitching up his waistband as if he has a gun, you can or you cannot get out of your car. You don't need to. There hasn't been a 911 call. Cops are saying, I'm driving on by. I'm not going to stop that gangbanger and see if he's got a gun. Uh, because if, if, the, if the situation escalates and it's caught on cell phone, I may be out of my job. I may be facing a criminal penalty. Who knows if you can get due process of law in this country because juries know that if they don't convict a police officer, America will burn to the ground. That's what happened after Derek Chauvin. Uh, trial. And so officers are, are not doing discretionary activity. And the result was, again, predictable. As you say, we saw this in 2015, 2016 with depolicing. Crime went up. Crime has gone up twice as much now. Uh, and Biden has a lot of explaining to do. Heather, I really appreciate your work. How many people do you hear from that say, I want to share the data that you have written. I want to share all of the things that you are saying, but I'm afraid that if I do, I'll get called racist. Huge. It's a huge problem. It is so amazing. These are bodies. The bodies do not lie. Homicide data is the gold standard in, in criminology. Uh, for every, for, and, and we know blacks die of homicide in this country between the ages of 10 and 43 at 13 times the rate of whites. That means they are killing each other at 13 times the rate of whites. Blacks commit 88% of all interracial crime between blacks and whites. These are the data, but nobody dares talk about them because to talk about the black victims means you're a racist. I, I just, you know, people like me that have been writing about this, we keep scratching our heads and saying, but, 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 but black lives matter, don't they? No, they don't. Because America, as I say, does not want to talk about the cultural, behavioral, family breakdown in the inner city. You have elite institutions that would rather accuse themselves of phantom racism because they are so terrified that the behavior and achievement gaps are never going to close, that they're setting out in advance the only allowable explanation for, for crime disparities, for achievement disparities, which is white racism. That is an explanation that holds no water whatsoever in a country where now every single mainstream institution is bending over backwards to hire and promote as many minorities as possible. We were once appallingly racist. We are not so today. Heather McDonald, author of The War on Cops and at the Manhattan Institute. Heather, thank you so much. But thank you so much. Great pleasure. Studies show that nearly one third of Americans suffer from chronic pain every day. That can happen as a result of getting older, suffering from inflammation, exercise, overexertion and the effects of everyday living. It's why Clay and I are such big fans of what Relief Factor is doing for so many of you. It was created by doctors and perfected over 15 years time with scientific research. 
Relief Factor has four key ingredients. It's a 100% drug-free product, which addresses joint, knee, hip, back, neck, and shoulder pain. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. If you're currently in pain and have a 7 in 10 chance to eliminate it, wouldn't you want to take those odds? What do you have to lose? No doubt. Which is why your dad, Buck, and also why my wife are using Relief Factor, and they have had tremendous success helping their bodies to recover. Now you can join the more than half million people and order the three-week quick start for only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to get the nineteen ninety-five three-week quick start developed for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. This is Buck. We were just talking, Clay and I, with Heather, 
McDonald of the Manhattan Institute, who is fearless on the topic of defund the police, of Black Lives Matter, of crime in America. She really knows her stuff. I mean, I've seen her go toe to toe with people many times, had her on many times. If you happen to miss that, please go listen to it on the podcast. We put out each hour of the podcast of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show every day. So you can pick the specific hours. Very easy. The iHeart app, a great place to listen or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we just thought Heather really, really brought it. And, you know, we, we do think it's very possible that there might be a real political price paid by the Democrats on two in two areas. Well, three. Actually, there's so Everywhere, many. Everywhere, Bob. I, I, was gonna, I, I kept <laughs> trying to narrow it down. I'm like, I was going to say crime. Then I was going to say, well, actually, the border. Then I was going to say, well, actually, the economy. Then I was going to say, well, actually, you know, foreign policy. COVID. You get on, like, yeah, you get on the list. The, the, the actual question at this point would be, where would the Democrats, if the election were held in, you know, the midterms were held in a few weeks, where would they not pay a political price? And, you know, I don't know. I it, think the only thing they have, Buck, and this is what I think is going to end up happening in the midterm, is abortion. I really th- I think they're going to try to terrify everybody in the suburbs. Yeah, the war on women. Yeah. Keep yes. those suburban, that's suburban only, women. That's going to be their only play. Suburban I, single I, I women really are, are something that the Democrats uh, look to, to give them advantage with all the time. But anyway, here's here's D.C. police chief. We just want to get to this. Rob Conti blasting defund the police. I remember what defund looked like, right, when we didn't have the tools that we needed and we were the murder capital and our police officers shot more people than anywhere else in the country, right here in our nation's capital. We were poorly trained as a department back then. So I know what defund looks like. At that time, police officers were going into their pocket to put uh, brakes on cars and tires on cars. So, you know, when people say defund to me, you know, I look at it as, you know, we're taking money away from, from the police department. And while we may be trying to do other things, I think we have to be able to. This is a this country, I believe, has enough money that we can do both things, and we can do both things well. We can provide services that community members need to do better in community, to invest in education, social work, all those things. But we also need to make sure that our police departments, that our law enforcement agencies, are properly funded to do, to do the job that communities expect them to do. Anyone who knows about police work, Clay, says the same thing. It's amazing that's considered to be uh, anything other than conventional wisdom. Defund the police, Buck, is the stupidest idea to gain any sort of credence with a major political party in the 21st century, in my opinion. I'm not even sure what else is close. Maybe walls don't work, but we come back. that's up there, too. <laughs> uh, not many years ago, just nine or ten years ago, two enterprising college students put their technical know-how to work. They set out to help families digitally transfer their old family movies and pictures. They saw the opportunity to help people holding on to all those old film reels and videotapes, but no way to watch them. The feedback they got from carefully converting a family's most precious memories from Super 8 film or Betamax tapes onto shiny DVDs was enough to propel them forward. They created a business. That business is Legacy Box. Legacy Box is now a company with hundreds of employees, and they've repeated this transferring process for more than 1.2 million families. They send you a box, all right? You just put your order in at Legacy Box. The box comes to you at home. It's got prepaid shipping. You can track it so easily. And then they'll take everything you send them, put it on a computer file, a thumb drive. It's easy to share with family members. I've done this. You need to try it. The website is LegacyBox.com slash Buck. You'll save 40% off their service. LegacyBox.com slash Buck. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate you hanging out with us on this fantastic Wednesday. Buck, 
One of the challenges surrounding these COVID vaccine mandates is obviously most employees don't have the ability to say no because most of us out there have to have a job, have to have an opportunity in order to take care of our families, in order to pay our mortgages, especially to pay our bills with all of the inflation going on right now. And so all of this trumpeting of, oh, look, COVID vaccine mandates work. Yes, if you threaten people with losing their jobs, most people out there don't have the financial wherewithal or the flexibility to be able to say, I'm not going to comply with your mandate. There's an interesting story going on right now in the NBA with a player named Kyrie Irving. Now, we've talked before about how NBA players have been very questioning in many ways of the efficacy and necessity of COVID vaccines. But essentially, because of city mandates in New York City, in L.A., and in San Francisco, by and large, if you are an athlete in those uh, locations playing indoors, and you are refusing to be vaccinated, you are not able to do your job. So Kyrie Irving right now, at least for the moment, is sticking to his guns and refusing to be held, uh, uh, be a part of the COVID vaccine mandate, and he therefore is not going to be able to play in your hometown of New York City for the Brooklyn Nets. He's one of the best players in the NBA, one of the highest paid. What's interesting to me is not only... Kyrie Irving having the resources to fight against the COVID vaccine mandate and also to put a different spin on who is refusing the COVID vaccine, right? We're not talking about Southwest Airline pilots. We're not talking about Trump supporting red state voters. What's interesting here, Buck, is not only Kyrie Irving so far saying no to the COVID vaccine, it's what this says about larger society's ability to understand and acquiesce to risk. And I wanna, I wanna see if you buy into this analogy here. In the 1990s, Magic Johnson tested positive for HIV. At that point in time, HIV was a death sentence. The idea was if you got it, you were going to die and announced that he was no longer going to be able to play. After getting treatment, the NBA permitted Magic Johnson to come back and play. They changed protocols to say if you had a cut, you had to come off the court. There were players that were apprehensive and nervous about the idea, obviously with bodies banging into each other, the idea of potentially blood transmission leading to an HIV infection. But Magic Johnson was allowed to play. I want to contrast that. And by the way, that's the right decision, I think, based on the data and the science but the risk of an HIV infection occurring, however remote and limited it might have been during the course of competition, was at that point in time considered to be a death sentence. In other words, unlike COVID, which spreads, and if you get it, you're sick. If you're a young, healthy athlete, you might not even know you had it. We haven't had any athletes who are uh, in, in competition that we know of at the professional level where COVID has even spread from one team to another or one player to another, even in something like football where you're tackling, certainly in basketball, it hasn't happened. And obviously Michael Jordan is one of the most famous athletes of all time, partly because he played basketball with the flu 
refuse to allow the flu, at least according to uh, historical record, to keep him from having an incredible game. Obviously, the flu is very communicable during the course of a game as well. That made him a legend. Do you find this interesting in the space of, whatever it is, 25 years roughly, Buck, we have gone from, let's find a way to allow Magic Johnson to play with HIV, which at that time was effectively a death sentence, to now we can't even allow Kyrie Irving in New York City or L.A. or San Francisco to play if he's unvaccinated, even though, Buck, they can test him and confirm that he isn't COVID positive and that anybody out there who is nervous about this could go get their own COVID vaccine and theoretically have even more protection. What does that tell us about risk analysis and risk factors? Do you find this as intriguing as I do in a larger societal picture? Well, yes, because the people who are pushing for the mandates won't really say this out loud, but they need in their own minds for the mandates to be universal and without exception, right? So they, they need it to apply to everybody. They need there to be almost no opt-outs or loopholes whatsoever, because in their minds, they're going to turn COVID. And this is, I think, where the epidemiology, not that I'm a doctor or playing one on radio, but this is where the epidemiology becomes a problem for them. They think that this is going to be like measles. They think that this is going to be like malaria, a disease that we have effectively eradicated in the United States. They don't seem to understand that this is going to be much more like either the common cold or the flu in terms of the various iterations it's of it, never the strains, going away. the mutations. There, It will never be gone entirely. The same way that as much as it would save a lot of lives and billions of dollars of lost productivity and working hours every year to get rid of the common cold, to get rid of the flu, we don't yet have the scientific basis to do that. We don't yet have the knowledge to do that. And we are seeing, I think, that people believe that this is going to be because this is what they're saying also about the vaccine mandates. Oh, it's just like what about measles, mumps, rubella? Those are different diseases that have different levels of um, or, or different speeds of, of mutation and also are much more dangerous to children if they get them. I mean, that, that, that's so. So they're comparing things that aren't really that much alike. And they're negating things that actually do have a lot of similarities with this. And because of the one-size-fits-all policy is the only policy that will allow them to feel safe and warm at night when they go to sleep, the Fauciites want this to be a everyone-has-to-bend-the-knee scenario. And with Kyrie Irving, I mean, of course, what are we really even talking about here, right? When, when you discuss the application of this policy, he might get COVID, and therefore he might expose some of his teammates. Well, he might get covid and expose people in any number of ways that aren't his teammates. Where this is the world we live in, why not at least make it a he's got to get tested regimen, which the Biden administration and their OSHA rule says is an opt out from vaccination for employers more than a hundred. So why go to this extreme? The chance of Kyrie Irving getting COVID and dying from it is effectively zero. I mean, it's almost yes. zero. it's statistically zero, and yet they're going to force him to get this shot. You sit here, you say. If they can do this to you based on the risk parameters that we're dealing with, what can the government not do to you in the name of health? This is what I think the conversation people need to start to have, need to start to think about. And and I think what has to happen is people with the resources can fight this. I, I think what Kyrie Irving, whether you agree or disagree with him on a variety of different subjects, 
he has the financial resources to be able to survive and take care of his family without making the money right now. And so there are a lot of people out there with the same financial resources. These are the people that need to be fighting the battle because it's unfortunate, but there's a lot of people out there who are facing COVID vaccine mandates. We know because we've taken their calls, Buck, who, hey, if they don't get the shot, then they aren't able to pay their mortgage. They aren't able to take care and go get food for their family. And so as a result, a lot of people have to comply even though they fundamentally reject the very uh, the, the very precept of requiring mandating these vaccines. So I, it also changes the storyline of who exactly is fighting this battle. And I think it's an incredibly powerful move by Kyrie Irving uh, in many respects. And I want to tell you, by the way, we can save you a lot of money, right? That's what we're trying to do. Inflation is skyrocketing. You've got uh, all different sorts of challenges out there right now. And that's why you need to lock in an incredibly low mortgage rate right now with our friends at American Financing. Whether it's a refi, you can call, takes 10 minutes, and you can be hooked up and save up to $12,000 a year. Or whether you're shopping for a new home, you need to put your family in the best possible financial perspective. It's only a couple of months till Christmas. You know the expenses are going to be rising. Save up to $1,000 a month or more. What could $12,000 in your pocket extra at the end of the year come to represent? Right now, you need to call our friends at American Financing. Buck, how do they do it? It's so important, guys, because I'm an American Financing customer. I've gone through the process of getting a loan with them, and they're the best. They'll get you an amazing rate, and their customer service, just they make the whole process as smooth and easy for you as possible. Plus, you're getting this fantastic rate. Get started now. You may be able to skip two mortgage payments with American Financing. That's right. Call American Financing at 800-777-8109. That's 800-777-8109. Or visit this website, AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182334. NMLS Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Who's there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is severely injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans and who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America in so many ways. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and 
The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute's educating kids in K-12 through grades to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are rolling through the second hour of the program. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Encourage you to go download the podcast, Buck, even if you usually don't. Because I got to tell you, we have a lot of good guests on here, but Heather McDonald just laying out the facts behind why defund the police is one of the dumbest political decisions of all time. If you're just joining us right now and you didn't hear that discussion at the top of the second hour, that's the kind of information we want to give you and allow you to be able to share with your friends and family out there when they're making arguments and they're completely illogical about police being dangerous she was just phenomenal yeah she, she really was, was very Buck. very strong guest i would be interested to see an analysis of because remember defund the police really got going it was under the trump administration of course it was a democrat movement and the democrats managed to we could talk about all the ways and all the things but they managed to at least push joe biden into the oval office despite the fact that cities were burning and as heather described it there were race riots going on the summer of 2020 David in Kentucky has some thoughts on Heather McDonald. Want to get him on. David, welcome. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you all? We're good. Thank you. Excellent. Good. Excellent show, man. I've been in law enforcement several years. Um, Never seen it this bad. Never thought it it would even begin to get this this bad. Um, Heather is spot on. Um, I know a lot of times we just look blind eye to what's going on. They don't want proactive policing. Uh, they don't want proactive policing in a lot of states anymore. Uh, you know, I jump out on the guy standing on the corner. I'm chastised because I'm doing my job. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with it's African-American, Mexican, white. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. If he has suspicious activity going on, we just turn blind eye to it, man, until we get a call, most of us. Yeah, and David, it, you know, they're it, actually not even allowed to, to respond. Thank you for calling in as a law enforcement officer. They're not even allowed, Clay, to respond now. And when I say allowed, it's official policy in Austin, Texas, in an otherwise great state. As we know, Austin is uh, the the little 
piece of blue in the midst <laughs> of all that red, although obviously Dallas and Houston are, are also majority Democrat cities. But uh, Austin police are not they defunded it over one hundred million dollars and they don't respond to property crimes. They'll say, sorry, we'll send somebody over there in a day or two, you know, unless there's a an actual felony in progress or there's a violent crime that's being reported. Cops in Austin are told, sorry, you'll get to it when you or rather people who call the cops are told we'll get to it when we get to it. Tyler in Sacramento, California, got some thoughts on the shipping situation. What's up, Tyler? Good morning, guys. Calling you from Sacramento, Russia's old stomping grounds from KFPK. Indeed. Appreciate that. Um, uh, I actually have some thoughts about this container crisis right now, and I am of the opinion that it's completely manufactured. I work in the American maritime industry, and there seems to be a huge layer of focus in the uh, drive-by media right now about, oh, the backup in Long Beach, the backup in Long Beach, backup in Long Beach. Have people forgotten that the entire, like, there's like another 10 container terminals all along the West Coast? I mean, even very close to Long Beach, in San Diego, in Port Wenemi, in Oakland, in Portland, in Tacoma, that could all handle this traffic. But why are we all back? Why is everybody focused on just the backup in uh, Long Beach? This is completely manufactured. There's no reason on the planet that these ships could not go up to, say, Oakland. While I was waiting for this call, I looked up, um, how many ships are in uh, Port of San Francisco right now. And of the 24 spots they have for a ship's anchorage, only 11 are taken right now. And there's only seven container ships in San Francisco, three of which are American flag container ships right now in San Francisco Bay, compared to what, the two, three dozen? Is it one of the big, sorry to cut you off, and and I'm far from a logistics expert, but isn't one of the big problems with all of the supply chain right now that there aren't enough workers to be able to distribute and unload the product and also that due to inflationary pressures, the cost of shipping have increased to such a substantial degree that many companies are not able to effectively and efficiently transport their product without having to massively increase the overall cost. I appreciate your call, um, but... The data seems to reflect, and again, just looking at the data, that we are going to see shortages, and I would tend to believe that much of this is now related to COVID disruptions. And my wife keeps hammering me on this, Buck, so I'm going to try to say it well. These are choices we made about COVID. COVID didn't cause this, right? And I think that's an important distinction. This is COVID response, not the virus taking its normal path. Yes, And so much of the discussion occurs as if COVID has caused this to happen. No, 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 no. It's our response to COVID that has caused many of the societal disruptions that still are uh, plaguing our country right now. You have to remember some of the dynamics, everyone, that were ascendant to the Democrat Party in the last election, especially during the Democrat primary, that COVID essentially provided an opportunity for the implementation of those things. Clay and I talk about modern monetary theory on a regular basis. Bernie Sanders, the Sandernistas, these are people who generally believe in MMT. And, oh, my gosh, the COVID emergency, we have to spend trillions and trillions of dollars, pay people to stay home. Remember the rise of universal basic income, another very popular idea in some quarters of the left. Well, we started sending people checks to stay home and not go to work. They've had a a, not even a a, really a dry run. They've had a taste of some of these things that they hadn't been able to get and have wanted on the left for a long time. This all goes into what we're seeing now with the massive social engineering that they're hoping to get through with the multi-trillion dollar 
stimulus slash rescue slash whatever they're calling it, Bill. I don't think there's any doubt. We come back more of this chaos that's going on in the country. We haven't talked about it a lot, Buck, but things have gotten so bad in California that businesses are just saying, we're going to shut down because we can't make money because people are stealing from us too much. Plus, we've got leaked Border Patrol documents showing the mass release of illegal immigrants into the U.S. by the Biden administration. That story just breaking on foxnews.com in the last couple of hours. We will bring that to you. The border, friends, the Biden administration does not want you to hear what Clay and I are going to be telling you about the border, the truth about it, in just a few minutes. So if you want to have your own Let's Go Brandon moment, stay here on the show. (laughs) Listen to us. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash From original art and diplomas to ticket stubs and the keys to your first home, we all have mementos we'd love to put on display. FrameBridge is the easy and affordable way to custom frame just about anything, with fair upfront pricing based on the size of your item and fast, free shipping. Plus, your happiness is guaranteed. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started. That's FrameBridge.com.